This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always 753 on the Blitz 1170. Bryce Souls in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. Want to remind you, too, we are nearing the end of Valentine's for Veterans, which means if you'd like to help out, then now's the time. And I know this is one of those things you'll hear that me hear us talk about this, and you'll say, oh, you know, it's a good idea. I, I'd like to do that, but I'm busy with something else. Well, we're running out of time. So what we're doing is we're asking you to make homemade Valentines. I, I've said this before. It's a great class project, a great project to, for you and the kids at home, or maybe a weekend thing, maybe something in the afternoon. Let them make Valentines, and you do them too, for our veterans. We're going to take these and we're going to hand them out at VA hospitals and veteran centers across our part of the, the state. And you can drop these off at any Triad Eye Institute location because they're partnering with us. So you can go to Bartlesville or Muskogee or McAllister or Tulsa or Grove or Claremore or Pryor or even come right here to 303 North Boston. That's here at Griffin Media. And you can drop off those Valentines. And if you don't have time to make them, I've said before, buy a couple and write some hand notes. It doesn't matter, but let's help those who have helped us. You can find out more at theblitztulsa.com slash valentine. is Valentine's for Veterans from Triad Eye Institute and the Blitz 1170. 7.54 here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. Bryce Ulster, Rick Corey. All right, I mentioned if you haven't seen it yet, then you absolutely are not a football fan. Otherwise, you've seen Brandon IX catch, which... <laughs> I've seen so many people give Brock Purdy hell over the fact, hey, you should never have thrown that ball. Okay. <laughs> he, he he and and Shanahan said, we saw, and he knows, right? They're talking to he's talking to him on the on the on the helmet thing. They know if they get a certain look and IX gonna be man up, they're gonna they're gonna give him a shot deep. Yeah. So that's what and Purdy said that afterward. I saw the develop, realized what was happening. Ayak was manned, so I was going to give him a one-on-one shot deep. Now, was it the best throw? No. But Ayak, if you watch at the end of the route, seems to have kind of fouled his own body position. He kind of turned the wrong way. So we saw the defender who had better position, and the ball hit him square in the helmet. I mean, all he literally had to do was reach up. Mm -hmm. And you've heard me say this before, but that's why you play defense, son. That's why you're not a receiver. (laughs) It's not as simple as guys who can't catch go play corner. It's not right. that simple. It really isn't. Because <laughs> I would prefer that you can catch. Well, well and too. most of them can. I mean, you're going to tell yeah. me Dion can't catch or guys right. like that? Of course they can. But most of I mean, how many times have you seen receivers drop balls as opposed to outside mm. Kansas City late in the year, <laughs> as opposed to defending, defensive backs drop balls? Yeah. I mean, the Lions had a few deal. on offense, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a different deal. Right. I mean, how many times did Josh Reynolds drop balls? Mm-hmm. That would have been huge. We saw the Chiefs drop a ton, as I said, toward the end of the year. And, you know, when it looked like they were trending downward when they weren't playing very well, everyone blamed, well, nobody will catch a football. And it was true. It was happening. Well, you got to remember, too, receivers practice almost nothing but. And defenders practice covering receivers. So, look, as much as it's a skill set, blah, 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 it happens. Anyway, this one was almost comical. I mean, bonk right off the head. It was the doink, as you said, as you played. <laughs> so, so And then Ayak makes the catch, and he crawls into the end zone. They actually mark him down the two, blah, blah, blah. You know the story. So <laughs> here's the setup for this. I'm, I'm screaming or streaming through all my stuff yesterday, and I see this. It says, hey, watch Brandon Ayak's reaction to not being number one in the Sports Center top ten. So, yes, even as the guys who are that have the number of zeros they have on their paychecks, what do they care about? 
Not that they're living in a million-dollar home. Not that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They want to know if they were number one in SportsCenter Top 10. Mm -hmm. So Ayak is laying in bed, videoing with his phone as he watches. And literally, you see a bed, his feet and legs under the covers, big door, and a big, you know, uh, glass door, and you can see outside. I'm not sure if they're still at, if they're at a hotel, or if that's his bedroom at home. I don't have a clue. And he's watching this. Okay, and it, this is very short. It's only seven seconds. But you'll hear him, and I had to bleep part of it. You'll hear him was he was as he watches himself being number two, and then number one turns out to be Lamar. When the ball's tipped into the air and he catches his own pass and oh. takes off. And as Jeremy said yesterday, he's one broken tackle away from scoring on that oh, play. Yeah. In you stride. Know. Yes, I mean, in, in stride. stride. And he's not the first quarterback to catch a, a tip ball that he threw. Right. But it happened in that a, you know in that game. It was a big deal, blah, blah, blah. So here's Ayak laying on his bed, <laughs> realizing he's number two, and then watching as Lamar comes on screen with number one. Number two. Who they gonna have at one then? Let me see this. Shit. Man, get the. F <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'd love to know exactly what went on after that. <laughs> did, he, did he just stop at that last word, or did <laughs> did he throw a bit of a tantrum? That's where the video ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, I can't take it. <laughs> Again, like you're, go you're going oh. to the Super Bowl, but <laughs> you just think about all those times growing up and we've watched it always waiting for the Sports Center top 10, and now here's your chance to be number one on there. Probably ruined his night. Oh, that's one of those moments in life when you're just, you're absolutely certain what's going to happen, and then you see that, <laughs> and then you see number one. <laughs> Uh, oh my okay one more time seven seconds of brandon nyock finding out he is not number one number two who they gonna have at one now? let me see this <laughs> man get the f <laughs> <laughs> oh that will never not be funny uh, <clears throat> so he wasn't number one <laughs> <laughs> long story short <laughs> well okay you know again I can, I understand. I mean, he's okay in, in your mind. Should he have been number one? I think, I think so. I think so. Just because, considering like as, as impressive as Lamar's play was, because it was very different. Like you said, mm -hmm. we've seen that before. It was a little more different because he caught it in stride. He ran under that ball. Um, but I think, given the situation with Ayuk's catch and what it led to, I, I think I, I would put Ayuk at one. I would too. And here's why. Yes, you had to have football awareness, as Lamar did, to go make yeah. that play. And catching it in stride only happened because he started running. Right. I mean, it, it's the, Lamar again. Right. Well, and the <laughs> doesn't ball, take much to get there. The ball was was perfectly batted up in the air, if you will, mm -hmm. for that situation. Now he did keep it from being intercepted because it was a Chiefs player diving forward at the same time, mm -hmm. right? And so him being able to go keep it from being intercepted was a big deal. Yeah. And it gave them, obviously, a little bit of a boost. But, yes, we've seen that happen before. And literally, the ball went up in the air. He saw it, and he just ran under it. Now, that's awareness. I get that. Yeah. It's a nice football play. 
Ajax play, he's falling, has little control of his body at the time, still is able to see the ball, A, and then B, command his body to reach up and grab it. And as much as we see, we see everything in slow motion. So we tend to start believing that it happens that way. And it yeah. doesn't. You know, I, and the number of times I've said to my wife, well, that happened like that, not like we just saw it. I mean, and you have to remind yourself that because we see so many slow-mos these days. Super slow-mo, just slow-mo, a little bit slow-mo, really, really big slow-mo. Oh, yeah. we, see it, we see it all the time, and the technology's gotten to the point where we can. That we tend to believe that you had that kind of time to react, and you don't. Those are milliseconds. Those are that's training and all that. I would have put him at number one too. Yeah, I think it's number and and it was a more impactful play in the game. You know, the Chiefs won seventeen ten, and it never felt that close to me. Could yeah. you know? Could the Ravens have broken something? Sure. And you know, had Zay Flowers not had the injury, maybe something else happens. I don't know. So could that have happened? Yeah, possibly. Did I ever feel like the Chiefs were going to lose? Now. No, but I thought the other. I thought the Lions game in San Francisco that was in question in my mind. He doesn't make that catch right there. That that may change the face of the game. Maybe if uh, the Lions corner didn't nick his knee mm-hmm. as he was going down, and he ends up popping back up and scoring right yeah. there, that probably would have put him over the edge. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I just I thought the audio was really funny, <laughs> and just once again proving that uh, they are not any different than us. They are yeah. just kids playing a kids game who want so badly uh, to be not only great at it, but to get that place that they've always wanted in sports center. Uh, this is the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. All right, so there was one thing I forgot in not sports, so I have to get to this, okay? And it's fascinating to me for a lot of reasons. A, the technology that allows it to happen, but B, the story. You know, we have in, in the last, I don't know, 50 or 100 years, our technology has improved so vastly that many things are being discovered. And I'm not just talking about things like that neural chip in the brain. There is a group now who believes they have found Amelia Earhart's plane. Oh, wow. Now, that's been thought multiple times. Yeah. There's a group who believes they have human bones that they think were hers mm. on an island that's about 150 miles from where she and her navigator should have been at that time. There's another group who claims that they have found pieces of an airplane on another island not far away that they claim were part of her airplane. None of it has ever been conclusively proven. But this group <clears throat> who were, were going on the basis of where the radio signals had been received and those kinds of things, and then trying to figure at the same time that they were navigating kind of almost primitively because this was 87 years ago and trying to make sure they were on the right route. And you're over the largest ocean in the world, you know, the Pacific where there is not a lot of landmarks. Well, this group has spent, I think it was about three weeks and, you know, literally almost billions of dollars taking a deep submergence auto craft, if you will, that is a, kind of a sonar and scanning the bottom of the ocean. They, and they're called deep sea vision. They're from Sar- Charleston, South Carolina. And they came up with a scan and three different versions of that scan or pictures from that scan that look exactly like a Lockheed E-10. And that's what she was flying. And the Lockheed E-10 is very recognizable because of its tail. Rather than a small tail, it had a large, wide, double-finned tail. 
that the, the tail of the Lockheed was as was bigger than the wings on small private planes right now. Mm. So it was a big, big tail. And if you look at this, the images, you see what look like swept wings, which could be just from the impact. And then you see what looks like that big, big tail. Okay. Now, this is 16,000 feet deep. So they have not gotten anything more than sonar scans of it at this time. Mm -hmm. But considering the path the Elector was traveling on, the shape of that, and considering if they ran out of fuel and you were to ditch in the ocean, and Amelia Earhart was a tremendous pilot, Mm -hmm. if you were to ditch in the ocean... And if you've ever even watched old movies about World War II and you've seen pilots ditch in the ocean, which where it was a very common thing, then you'll know if you set it down right, just like Sully did in the Hudson, <laughs> yeah. you don't destroy the aircraft. Yeah, you're going to certainly tear some things off and bend some things up, and especially <clears throat> on those older planes, pardon me, you know, the props are going to bend and blah, blah, blah. But otherwise, if you set it down the right way, then you're not likely to destroy the aircraft. It's going to sink, but you're not likely to destroy it. So if this, I mean, if she sat it down like that, and she was obviously an excellent pilot, and then it sank by itself, who knows if they got in rafts, blah, 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 then is it possible that it would be as intact as it looks in these these, uh, pictures? Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. Now, it had to sink 16,000 feet which who knows what kind of impact that had on it or when it plowed into the bottom. But they have to go back. They ran out of money, which, I mean, that's the thing that draws these things back is if you think, well, there are billionaires in this planet who can afford this, sure. Is that where they're going to spend their money? Not likely. Why not? And, yeah, and you're talking about groups like this who go out and they generally have a, a rich benefactor and then they go raise other money. They've got to go raise millions more to try to go back with a vehicle capable, and I'm not talking with people on it, uh, capable of going 16,000 feet deep to get real pictures, because mm. that's going to be required. But it is one of the enduring mysteries of our time. Yeah. So many things have been found, have been discovered, have been proven. You know, we still don't, I mean, no one's ever found the Ark. Mm-hmm. So that's still, that's one of those things out there. No one's seen a Yeti for real, you yeah. know, that. but those things like the Ark, the Yeti, things like that. Yeah. I mean, the Ark's obviously a different monster, but speaking of monsters, the Yeti, things like that, <laughs> Bigfoot, what people claim to see. Lock but this is monster. something we know and have touched and have seen. There's video yep. of the takeoffs. We know it was real. Is this this? Is this her airplane? And then, of course, if it is, if there's no one in it, which the vehicle, you know, if you've got the, um, you know, the, and the vehicle that would go down there would be tethered. So it would be something on a 16 mile, think of 16 miles of cable. Because you're not going to send something down there on a radio signal. Right. Uh, then you have an opportunity with one of those little small drone type, you know, video and, and submersibles to possibly take good enough video that if there were remains in there, you might be able to see them. Now it's 87 years later, you don't know. But if they're not there, then you still have the mystery of where did she and her co-pilot go? Because if they were able to get out, in the, the, I mean, it did have supplies and a raft and blah, blah, blah. And so if they were to be able to get out, but they were 100 miles from Howland Island, which is where they were supposed to be in the first place for their refueling. So the likelihood that they would either be, A, found in that remote area or, because back then, 
Not as many airplanes or boats out there 87 years ago as there are now. Uh, and even now it would be difficult. And if even if they uh, got into a raft or something, the likelihood of them ever being found would be pretty slim. Yeah. Uh, so you may actually start another one. But if, you, if you're interested in this at all, and I've always been interested in this, I mean, it's one of those things that... You, you may, you know, Nanda, there may be people listening and go, who's Amelia Earhart? <laughs> she was the worst, first woman to fly from the U.S. to Europe. You know, mm-hmm. she was, you know, the, people remember those kinds of things. And she yeah. was trying to go completely around the world and was not able to do it. As a matter of fact, you got to think about it was a long time before someone was able to actually do that. There was an awful lot involved. I, I missed that during the other Not Sports, and I apologize. But if you want to look it up, you can find a ton of really interesting stuff on it right now. I say a ton. I mean, it is what it is, but there are still a lot of different articles being written about it. And you can find those sonar scans, which I thought were impressive. It's 810 here on the Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Is there sign stealing in college basketball? Bryce is going to get into that next. And, oh, by the way, it happens to be where one of our teams is playing tonight. How about that? We'll just keep, we can't talk about that next here on The Blitz. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Thunder lost their second game in a row as they lost at home to the Timberwolves last night, 107-101. to There were 24 lead changes and six ties throughout the game. Shea Gildas-Alexander had 37 points for the Thunder. Jalen Williams added 20. And Anthony Edwards led the Wolves with 27. In college football, the Oklahoma Sooners got a solid pickup out of the portal as former Washington offensive lineman Jerry on Hatchet has committed to OU. He started multiple games for the Huskies and will have two years of eligibility remaining. And Chiefs defensive end Charles Aminahu reportedly tore his ACL in Sunday's AFC Championship victory and won't be able to play against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Aminahu had a career-high seven sacks this season, his first season with the Chiefs. That's the winter world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. And we got a flurry of those just as we were finishing up right there during our Not Sports segment. It's 814 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Speaking of the Oilers, remember, anytime you go to an Oilers game, you can buy any seat there, especially those cheaper seats. And sometime during the game, we'll do the Blitz upgrade where we will call some ticket uh, numbers, and we'll take those people from where they are and put them right down by the ice. And by the way, the Oilers are home this weekend. It's American Heart Association night on Friday. First thousand fans get a free red rally towel. On pardon me, on Saturday, first thousand fans get a free Oilers beanie. I'd like to have one of those. You know, beanies are good in the winter. I guess it's going to be cool to have one of those. And then the the Sunday is uh, Family Fun Day, which you get to skate on the ice with the players. And it's Spider-Man Day. And the first 500 kids get a mini hockey stick. So all that happening, plus they're going to be taking on the Utah Grizzlies this weekend. That's the Tulsa Oilers here in the Oilers Hockey Studio. 8-15. So, yeah, we got a flurry of texts as we were talking, giving the Amelia Earhart story. Yeah. Uh, and one of them actually came about football first. And, and this comes from David who at 918-262-5072, our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line, said number one in the top ten should have been the, the person who tankle, ankle-tackled Lamar after catching his own pass. <laughs> so now that Which sheep was that that was diving for the ball? Do you remember? Uh, I do not remember. But he was, he was diving to catch the ball, and then Lamar just cuts him off and makes the catch, 
And then he kind of grabs at his ankles as he mm. goes by and knocks him down. So he was fortunate. He was, A, unfortunate he didn't get the interception, but he was fortunate to just knock him down. You, did you find it? I saw you looking for it. Did you see him? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah, I can't tell either. But, uh, David, that's a good point because Lamar catches that and scores. We might be looking at a different game. I still think the Chiefs would win, but maybe not. And then Michael texted at 918-262-5072, and he says, Earhart, 16,000 feet underwater. I see a James Cameron movie after he decides to go look for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael, that's a great point that I hadn't thought of. However, and I, re- I replied and told Michael this, the group who found it are the only ones with the coordinates. Mm. And it's a big ocean. And yeah. so if you don't have those coordinates, yeah, he, they said it was about 100 miles from Howland Island. There are lots of things about 100 miles. There's a circle <laughs> of things 100 miles away, and you don't know which way. But, yeah, I can see that, too. And then we also got a text, and this one comes from 6655. That's going to be the number. He said, I remember when game shows would give away Amelia Earhart luggage. And wow. I did not remember that. And then he goes on to say, I always thought that meant the airline was going to lose it. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, hey, I remember that. When was it? And they said back in the 70s, uh, things like password, truth, or consequences, and something like that. And most of you have probably never heard of password or truth or consequences. I knew those when I was growing up. Truth or consequences was the first Bob Barker game show. Oh, really? Yeah, they'd give away $25, and that was a big deal. Oh, man. Yeah. Jackpot. $25. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I was not a game show kid. Mm-hmm. I would run up my grandmother's driveway in Tahlequah, my grandparents' driveway. I would run up the driveway, which is about a quarter mile long, because I wanted to make sure I got the animated Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And if I sat down in time, I could watch that 30-minute animated Spider-Man, and then I had to go outside and do my work. Yeah. which I would do, but if I got there in time, I could watch Spider-Man. But occasionally, if I didn't get there in time, I'd watch only a little bit of Spider-Man, and then maybe something like a game show would come on or whatever, and occasionally Grandma would be watching, so that's how I knew about that. Uh, Michael uh, texted again and said, Cameron has his Titanic and Avatar money. I bet the location has a price, and he can pay without losing sleep. You know, that's that's probably true, other than, here's the one thing you got to think about. There's going to be a lot of money tied up in whoever finds this. Now, a lot of history more than anything else, but also just a lot of money, just promotional and that kind of stuff. So the, the, the people who, unless the folks who found it initially or have those images, want to partner with somebody else, and they might. I mean, you think of people like Woods Hole. That's the place where Cameron was part, or pardon me, um, Bob Ballard was partnered with when he found Titanic. Uh, and Bob Ballard's also the one who found the Bismarck and, and then some of those. You might have to look that up, too, but there was a very famous battle in World War II, a German battleship, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, that group could partner with somebody like that if they are looking for more money. Woods Hole is a huge organization with a lot of money. Either way, I'm fascinated by it. You can tell that, I, I would imagine. Um, and I'm going to actually be wanting to follow it because, I mean, for the world, that's a – well, for the U.S. more than anything else, but for the world, it's somewhat of a – um, an ongoing mystery that I think would be really cool to solve. All right, at 820 here on the Blitz 1170, turning our attention from that for a moment. And by the way, you can text about anything you want, 918-262-5072. As long as that Neuropathy Treatment Center of Oklahoma text line is on, I'm happy about it. All right, so we know about sign stealing in football. We, I mean, Kevin Wilson told us post-game after Tulsa games, these guys steal signs. And Kevin always said, you know, I'm not mad about it. It's part of the game. You just have to adjust and move on, which is why late in the year, Tulsa huddled a lot more. 
and yeah. didn't just you know line of scrimmage. Now you still do some of that. Everybody does. Kind of perverted. Yeah, right. Bit. And then we saw in the bowl game they allowed some schools to have or experiment with the radios and their helmets, like the yes. NFL has. And some didn't want to. Was it Lane Kiffin? I think it was Lane Kiffin who said no. They offered it to mm-hmm. Ole Miss, and I think he said no. Okay. Which is not surprising. It's Lane yep. Kiffin, right? He, <laughs> uh, but others others did use it. I don't know how it went. I never heard it or saw a follow-up on what they felt, but I know some others did use it. But I'd never heard of it in basketball, but you yeah. found it in basketball. Yeah, so Iowa State played Kansas State last week, um, beat them in a, in a hard-fought game. As, as we know, it's Farmageddon, right? It's a big-time matchup. And so then Iowa State upset the Jayhawks on Saturday, and T.J. Otzelberger, the um, Iowa State head coach, he immediately addressed after the Kansas game um, a situation with Kansas State, and this is a little bit of that audio. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredibly disappointing um, that after such an awesome game, an awesome environment and atmosphere, that I even have to begin uh, by addressing um, something that happened, you know, earlier this week. Uh, the ludicrous, ludicrous rumors uh, earlier this week uh, that somehow we were trying to gain an advantage uh, looking into our opponents' huddles is an affront to our players, our fans, and to me. It's not who I am. It's not what our program is about. And I'm angry that someone would even make that suggestion. What is factual is one of their staff members cursed out one of our student managers who is mopping the floor under the basket. So let's put this to bed here and now. It didn't happen. It won't happen. And others need to be much more careful with their words moving forward. Now as for the game today. And then he goes on to talk about their big win against Kansas. But he was referencing uh, the Kansas State game just a few days prior with that uh, the rumors circulating around that Kansas State was accusing them of sign stealing there, because um, there was a lot of fiery conversation that we didn't know a lot about mm-hmm. um, immediately in the post game, like handshake and everything between him and Jerome Tang of Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, look, Iowa State—they've <laughs> beaten Houston, Kansas State, who's you know not as good as they were last year, but good. Beaten Kansas. I, I don't really think that this is the thing that you want to die on. The hill you want to die on? Yeah, as, as, as Kansas State. Um, I think Iowa State's a legit team in the Big 12. And one thing that I've thought about is, since when did sign stealing become such a big thing now? We've already heard about it three times. And when you think about Major League Baseball, obviously, mm-hmm. in the last six years or so, yeah. and then this season with college football and now college basketball, it didn't seem like sign stealing was such a big thing until now it's just exploded. Yeah. As an excuse, maybe. Uh, now, he, was, he sounded really emotional. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was obviously pretty angry. Um, and I think especially considering some of his thoughts about with the Kansas State staff and the way that they treated apparently some of the student managers yeah. and everything, um, I think that's what really kind of pushed him over the edge is, again, because it, it attacks your integrity, right? It attacks mm-hmm. the integrity of you as a coach, your players, and your overall program that you're trying to represent in a good way. Well, and let's be honest, when you talk about some of those student managers, I mean – those are some of the hardest working, least appreciated people on the planet. Yeah. You, you, I've been around a lot of those people uh, in my day, mm-hmm. and most of them love what they do. 
and it's gotten to be a higher pressure job. You would think as a, you know, as a student manager, you're a quote unquote volunteer. You know, you go and you uh, ask to be a part of this and some of them can work into other roles. But, you know, you're just a student who has an interest in this and you devote extra time in going to do this. And there are some perks. You know, you get a a shirt or two and you travel sometimes and you're on the bench and you're a part of a program, which a lot of people want. You know, Jeremy and I have said multiple times, you know, we don't broadcast Tulsa events because of the money. (laughs) For God's (laughs) sake, it's not because of that. Um, We do it because we like being a part of not only a team, but of part of an, a team within that. Mm-hmm. Bruce and, and Pop and Jeremy, or Jeremy is Pop, pardon me, and, and Shelby. The four of us, we are a separate team. Well, yeah. we're a team within that team, right? And so we we all love that camaraderie, that oneness, that togetherness, that being a team that's a part of another one. And those kids, for the most part, and I call them kids because they're, you know, they're young adults, but they love being a part of that too. And I got to tell you, in the programs I've been around, so that's a year at Oklahoma State on the sidelines, 36 years in the booth with Tulsa, 10 years in Tulsa basketball, 10 years with the Talons, 20-plus years with Union as a broadcaster. And I know that's high school. It's different. But <clears throat> being around all those teams, managers and equipment people and things like that, they're not part of the game plan. Right. <laughs> they a lot of times they're not even in the room. I've sat in the room with teams during coaches' meetings and things like that. Managers and trainers aren't there. Now, does that mean that that a team couldn't take one or two of those sharp kids and say, here's what I want you to do? No, that doesn't mean that. They could. But realistically, help me here. Because, again, this is more you than me. And I'm, I mean, I'm mad enough to admit, when it comes to basketball, yeah, I played. I wasn't very good. I was all right. And I love the game, and I still I love playing. I love going out and even trying to shoot, although I'm horrid at it. <laughs> but I don't understand how it can be as big a deal in basketball. Look, it's pretty simple. You come down court, and most of the time, they're, they're either giving you, you know, one finger, two fingers, three fingers, four fingers, or making some kind of pretty quick hand gesture movement. Now, is yeah. that an indication of something? Yeah, of course it is. But it's if it's during a game, isn't that part of it? Same thing we've said with football. Mm-hmm. If it's happening during a game, as Kevin Wilson said to us, adjust. Yeah. Now, if it's happening like in Michigan, where it was against current rules, which, by the way, it's not against rules in the NFL, mm-hmm. against current rules, that's a different thing. Even if you don't think it's a big deal, even if you don't think – it's important if it happened and it's against the rules, fine, make that different. But during a game, I don't get it. How much in a basketball game with all that noise, and coaches, you can hear them, but you're going to tell me that a player who's focused on trying to run through a screen can hear what's being screamed at him? Right. I mean, even at a, even at a junior high school level, and that's the last time I played actively, I couldn't hear that. You played? Could you hear that? No, I mean, I, I, I think that the thing for me is, uh, you know, as you said earlier, when it came to the Michigan thing, how some people thought it's something that you just have to deal with, it's something you have to just deal with throughout the game, and you know, we need to find a way past it. And I feel like that's even more true in basketball because, especially when you're going over certain film studies and everything, it's pretty evident whenever yeah. the point guard is trying to set something up, and you're you can't help but notice okay, when they're giving this certain sign, they do this exact thing. I mean, it's. I feel like it's a lot more easier to dissect in a way that you just can't really help. 
And it's like there's no way that something to that degree hasn't been going on since the beginning of the sport, practically. You know? Yeah, because so that, yeah, during film, you can see yeah. a point guard holding up one finger. Well, it's not real hard to figure out. Is this could could this just be a uh, issue of you know Tang and his staff maybe just having that fresh on the brain from how from how that's been um, you know broadcasted in sports with the Michigan issue and everything and so you immediately you can't help but unconsciously kind of go to that of like oh they're sign stealing in a way and not really know how big of a deal that is in basketball. Well, and, and as fast as the game is, as quickly as it moves, as much as a turnover, a tip ball, something like that, or a guy just decides to take a shot yeah. can change that oh, moment. Yeah, a play can completely shift, right? Like that. When in football, there's a walkout, a setup, mm-hmm. and then you're then you're trying to decide what's going to happen. And there's there's less chance in football, in my opinion, there's less chance of a variation of that play happening. Sure, can a guy drop a snap, but that changes but everything. There's so anyway. much pre-snap, you right? Know? <laughs> yeah, and if a guy drops a snap, that changes everything. There's a fumble, that changes everything. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> but there's so much of that can then then it's a different thing to me in football. I'm I'm missing it somehow here in basketball. If if yeah. I know if I've seen the point guard hold up number one and I know they're going to try to run a, a screen down low, then I've seen that before, and if that's in my mind, I'm going to watch for it. Yeah. But maybe I'm missing. Text me nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. There are people listening. Literally, literally, almost everyone listening knows more than me. But there's a lot of people listening who know way the hell more about basketball than me, or the nuances that we're getting to here. So, can that make that big a difference? Can it make? I mean, I guess coming out of the huddle, you know, if we've had a, you know, if it's thirty seconds to go and we're in a tight game, coming yeah. out of the huddle, if somebody is screaming things, but aren't you talking about that in the huddle? Hell, hell, I'd be more concerned about just straight up having a picture of what they just drew on the board. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then, well, you know what? Maybe they're talking about that. Maybe somebody yeah. was, but it, you, you, but, if you're, ta- but Tang <clears throat> would need to come out and address it and say this specifically is why I think these things happened and why and how they did it. You know, yeah, like, give some context. Yeah, because if you're a student manager, you can't go over and just take pictures of the board. <laughs> That's not happening. So I'm not quite. I thought sure. that was suspicious. That yeah, kid right. coming over from the other team and taking a picture of our huddle. Hey, look, can I just get a picture of you guys? I think you're really cool. Uh, you no, I don't see that happening. So I, I'm missing where it would be as impactful. I mean, can any stolen sign be impactful? I, I, I suppose, but I'm missing where that could be completely impactful in a game. It goes so fast. It's so loud. There's so much happening. I don't know how much players. I'd have to, you know, it'd be anecdotal, but I'd have to just ask a player, how much of your head coach screaming can you really hear? Yeah. And how much after, because just like parents and kids, if you tell them something all the time, what do they do? Tune you out. <laughs> and then one day they'll come home from school and say, did you know that drinking water was good for you? Mm. One of my children came home and said that to me. Wow. <laughs> after years of being told, Look, drink hydrate, more water, hydrate. drink more water, hydrate, drink more water, drink more water. Years of being told that, one of them came home and said that to me. To which, as a parent, you just drop your head and realize you failed. <laughs> <laughs> Having like, said that, more. if you've been yelled at by a head coach for three years, and I don't mean, you know, berated, but yelled at by a coach, do this, do this, do this, do this, do you, <laughs> do you tune them out sometimes? Become become numb to it in a way. <laughs> I've seen it happen, so I yeah. know it does. Hey, if I'm completely off base, nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Let me know. By the way, we did get a text from Jeremy, our, our boss, who we're back to the Amelia Earhart. He said her navigator was a CIA operative to make her fail 
Signed the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, we've, we've lost them. I will, yeah, I do not. Fred Noonan, by the way, was her navigator who was lost mm. with her. So yeah, I can see the internet at some point. We'll say it was a conspiracy. She was probably shot down by a Russian missile. There you go. Eight thirty one on the Blitz eleven seventy. East Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Hey, text me if we're wrong about this, or let me know how that could affect nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. We come back. Did you see what Dion's sons did for him? It's pretty cool. Mm. Tell you about it next right here on The Blitz. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Thunder lost their second game in a row as they lost at home last night to the Timberwolves, 107-101. to There were 24 lead changes throughout the game. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 37 points to the Thunder. Jalen Williams added 20 and Anthony Edwards led the Wolves with 27. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will be on the road tonight in Lawrence as they take on the 8th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. The Cowboys haven't won in Allen Fieldhouse since Mike Boynton's first season in 2018. Pre-game starts at 7 with an 8 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to that right here on the Blitz 1170. And the 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be making the trip up north as well as they'll be at Kansas State to face the Wildcats. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always do. 837 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse on this day when we have no football. But we do have some really high-level college basketball, and we're glad to have it. And now, of course, the question is, can you know can Oklahoma bounce back? Can Oklahoma State win again after going winless in the conference and winning one? You know, and sometimes that's all it takes. You break that string. You kind of taste that. You feel what that's like. And... You know, and, and, and things get better. I'm going to play the Dion thing here in a moment, but I got a text here at 918-262-5072 from Michael. We were talking about sign stealing, and, you know, this was all about, you know, Iowa State yelling at Kansas State and, and uh, well, others for that matter, but they're accusing Kansas State of stealing signs. Um, and in that, uh, in that whole process, we talked about student managers and how they're really hard workers. Michael texts us and says, I love my three seasons as an equipment manager at TU. Got a free trip to Hawaii out of it. Uh, Robbie Guerin, myself, players, and a couple of coaches would pick off signals when T was on defense. My son did it as a player at Union the last two seasons. It happens all the time. Does it help? Not really. All 11 players still have to do their jobs to stop the play. Now, in that case, Michael obviously was on the same trip I was to uh, Hawaii or on the trips to Hawaii. Um, and he is also admitting, yeah, occasionally in football, you would be able to catch those. Yeah. But it didn't really help that much. And, you know, it probably sign stealing, like everything else, has probably become a more refined art. Mm. There was a time when guys would knew. I mean, <clears throat> I've told you all the way back to the Todd Graham days. Tulsa was pretty elite at doing that, so much so that they had to sneak one of the guys out of the stadium one day because the other team was looking for him. <laughs> I was there as they changed his clothes and took him out to walk down through the stands rather than go down the elevator. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> but that was a long time ago before this was fairly common, and we had one person who was really good at it. Now, did it help? I don't have a clue. Yeah. You know, yeah I, Todd's teams were pretty good anyway. I don't have a clue. A clue. But to that point, I mean, as a football guy, yeah, you might be able to pick up on those. Uh, so, sure. But I don't think – and, Michael, you'd have to text me back. I don't think he was asked to do that. 
I don't think there's anything the team asked him to do. Anyway, that's where we stand as we're talking about these in college basketball, where I think it's got to be less impactful personally. But if I'm wrong, let me know. All right. So Deion Sanders in Colorado. We know the, the splash he's made. We know about the Suns, right? His sons bought him a mansion. And I'm not talking about your everyday abode. I mean, they bought him a mansion. Now, you're going to say, how? NIL? Yeah. And and <clears throat> they're Dion's kids. So they, for years, have been the benefactor of being, you know, Dion's sons. So, you know, the guy made money in the NFL, tremendous amount of it. Don't know how he dispersed it amongst his kids. Not at all. But if they were smart with it and either invested it or kept it or whatever, the three of them combined to buy him a mansion. And they have, there's a YouTube video of them walking around showing him the mansion, and he didn't know this was going to happen. Now, the video's long, so I'm not going to play all of it. There's a moment where they walk out on the back patio, which is, I don't even know how to describe it. Stunning's not a big enough word. Mm -hmm. The back patio looks to be the size of an average home. (laughs) And it it doesn't just have, you know, like a um, covering around it or whatever. It's It's got this giant... Oh, it's not really a fence, but it's a decorative enclosure of these large concrete. It's just gorgeous. I don't know how to describe it. Imagine walking out on a giant veranda patio with these with this enormous uh, view of the mountains and the whole thing. And so here's just a little clip of Dion. He's been shown around, and he's standing there looking at that view. I'm happy, man. That you- you know, and the lake are, right there. You guys are chipping in, trying to take care of me. I like that. I love that about y'all. You took care of everybody for y'all a long are, time. Y'all are natural givers. Yes, sir. Wrong. This is cool, son. I want to put it together so that y'all make sure I'm straight and y'all gone. It's a good gesture. My three sons <laughs> want to do this for me. Yes, sir. Wow. This is awesome. You know what? Say what you will about Dion, love him or hate him. He obviously did that the right way. He obviously yeah. raised his sons the right way because, you know, hey, hey, Dion will tell you all the time he doesn't cuss, so you, you can you can write that off or whatever. But you know, there's something admirable about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the old uh, saying that uh, cursing is the crutch of inarticulate. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, and he's. He's, you know, that's just a part of who he is, obviously. And yeah, he's a bombastic, outgoing, forward personality, and he doesn't fit everybody's tastes. Mm-hmm. But his kids, Shiloh, Shadur, and uh, what's the other one? Mm. Forgot. Oh, I cannot remember. Shiloh and Shadur are the players. Shadur are the players, so I can't remember the other one's name. Uh, and they're all players, but apparently, as they were talking about it, it was the other son, Deion and, Sanders Jr. Okay. He came up with it. He yeah. was the one who thought of it, and they pooled whatever NIL money, whatever you know he they had from him, and they bought him a mansion, an absolute stinking mansion. And it, you can find it on YouTube. You may not care. I thought it was really cool. I thought it showed some really neat stuff. All right, I mentioned the number of players in the in the Super Bowl with local ties. Kansas City, six Oklahoma players, University of Oklahoma: Creed Humphrey, Blake Bell, Wanya Morris, James Winchester. Then generic Prince is from Tulsa. So you got guys from our area. Then then you have in the Niners, you got Trent Williams and Braden Willis. 
You got Tay Martin from Oklahoma State. And as I mentioned, George Kittle played at Norman High School. Yeah. Right? So not yeah. everybody remembers that. I, some of the games I broadcast for Union were against him. And yeah. and at the time, it was just like, hey, this tight end's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you don't know, right? I mean, you just like, this tight end's pretty good, but our local teams are better, and they usually win those games. I mean, you know, I told you before, I called games against Drake Stoops at Norman North, uh, and he stuck out because the kid just willed his team on. And by the mm. way, did you see? Is It's not the Senior Bowl. It's um, – Oh, the shine, the Shrine Bowl? Yeah. He yeah. is killing it. He is. He got the biggest reviews at the Shrine Bowl. They are saying that the kid is playing way the hell above what they thought he would. He has elevated everybody. He has been impressive. So remember when we talked to Coach Stoops, what was it, about three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. We were talking about Drake, and I said, you know, if if he doesn't, I mean, is he interested in your in your league? You know, I mean, I because I, I said, look, I'm a big fan of your son. No matter what, I know he's going to play. And I said, you know, even if he comes to play in your league, and he goes, well, he's not interested in our league right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Drake fully is focused on trying to get in the NFL, and I am not going to bet against him. Mm-hmm. I can see him in that same Julian Edelman inside slot place. You know, Wes, what was his name for the Patriots? Uh, Wes Welker. Well, Welker, yeah, from Tech, mm-hmm. who's also an Oklahoma City kid. You know, who was another one of those guys in the slot. Drake's not the fastest guy, and neither were they. They just made really important big third down catches and never dropped anything. Yeah, the way he was able to break off some of those guys on certain routes, I mean, just with that head tilt just going one way and then just shaking them away five yards off the route. I mean, yep. uh, just really great to see. Well, you know, when we talk about route running, people don't understand what that means all the time. I mean, you understand that it means you snap a route off, but it's more than that. It's the, yeah. it's the intuitive nature of when you have a defensive back where you want him, when you see his hips turn. Oh, yeah. And you realize now is the time I break because he can't come with me. Mm-hmm. There's no chance. And that's where a quarterback and a receiver who played together a long time, like Brady and Gronk, or now like Kelsey and Mahomes, make such a difference. And, and Connors, quite honestly, the, one of the reasons that tight ends and quarterbacks, in my opinion, one of the reasons tight ends and quarterbacks have a bigger connection history when it comes to overall history. We're talking about... You know, Gronk and Brady had the most touchdown passes between them until Kelsey and Mahomes eclipsed, is because tight end routes happen faster generally. So when a guy breaks a route off faster, it's a faster read for a quarterback, balls delivered quicker, as as opposed to a guy on a long route where, yeah, you can load up and throw it like they did to Ayuk and just hope he makes a play. But that's different. That's giving your guy a chance which is different than watching a guy break a route off, knowing when he's going to do that. And knowing between the quarterback and receiver that if I see the same thing he's seeing, hips turn that way, I know what my guy's going to do. Right. And that's why a lot of times, if you look at the touchdown catch Kelsey made just last weekend, that ball is in the air well before he turns. Yeah. Well before he turns. So is the play designed to go to the corner? Yes, because you don't want to throw that ball inside. Chances of interception, you throw it to the outside. How many times have you heard us say or anybody else say he threw it where only his guy could get it? And that's what we're talking about. give him a chance to adjust to it, right? Yes, but Kelsey hadn't even turned. (laughs) But they they knew each other, and that happens a lot. You'll see quarterbacks make throws before breaks. It happens more than any of us ever realize until you sit and watch the film. But watching what happened there in the way he knew Kelsey was going to get him in that spot, then he makes that throw to that exact place. That doesn't happen by chance. And that's where a guy like Drake Stoops is just – 
fabulous. And by the way, Jeremy just texted and said, we have the Shrine Game Thursday right here on the Blitz. There we go. So you'll be able to hear all those guys, um, and including, of course, Drake Stoops right in the Blitz. I just wanted to bring that up because I saw saw some commentary from guys just talking about him killing it, which I thought was really cool. I'm not betting against him, are you? No, I mean again, I I think he definitely has an open slot to to get on his uh, dad's team in, in, that, in that league, but uh, he certainly ha- has a reason to kind of push that chance of getting into the to the big leagues. Yeah, and by the way, Jeremy also texts and says Doc Dressler, who's the 49ers equipment manager, is an OSU grad from Stillwater. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Now Jeremy would know that because every piece of of clothing, including his underwear, is either labeled 49ers. Which side's the logo on, Pop? Mm. The logo on the 49 Is it in the front of your underwear or the back? Let's find that out. Yeah. I'm, my guess is going to be the front, but <laughs> you, you know, remember what Crash Get everything. Remember what Crash said to Nuke? Rose goes in the front, big guy. Ah. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be the front. And anyway, uh, he would know that because he mm. is the Niner uh, inside and out. As a matter of fact, he came in yesterday wearing the flag, which now is <laughs> pinned up. Oh, I did not even notice that. <laughs> it is pinned up. In front of our Blitz 1170 banner on the wall. We've got this giant Blitz 1170 banner. And our logo, by the way, is really good looking. Oh, yeah. It was when I first got, when right before I made the change and came here, uh, Steve, who hired me, sent me the logo. And I was like, I'm in love with that. That mm-hmm. logo is fantastic. And we have an East Carolina flag hanging over here because we creatively appropriated that. Yeah. <laughs> When we were in Greenville, you, you, should, you guys did your best pirate imitation and took well, that with you. When you all right, let's just say that uh, Shelby creatively appropriated it and we ended we up with it. So it's hanging over there. But he hung the, the Frisco banner over half the Blitz logo. <laughs> By the way, he responds with one, two, three, four exclamation parts. Uh, front. Mm. <laughs> it really, really, really takes ownership of this studio, doesn't he? <laughs> And his underwear, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there is no shame about it. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> Can you see Crystal when he's getting dressed again? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's 8.50 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. He's Bryce Salts. One final break. And we'll come back and close it up with some notes before we're gone. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Some college football portal news. The Oklahoma Sooners got a portal pickup from Washington as they got their offensive lineman, Jerry and Hatchet. He is committed to OU. He started multiple games for the Huskies and will have two years of eligibility remaining. Chiefs defensive end Charles Amina, who reportedly tore his ACL in Sunday's AFC Championship victory and won't be able to play against the 49ers, his old team, in the Super Bowl. Amina had a career-high seven sacks this season. It's his first season with the Chiefs. And the Thunder lost their second game in a row. They lost at home to the Timberwolves, 107-101 last night. There were 24 lead changes and six ties throughout the game. Shea Gildas-Alexander had 37 points for the Thunder. Jalen Williams had 20. Anthony Edwards led the Wolves with 27. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. 
That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 854. Hey, we've got something to give away. The Daryl Starbird Car uh, and Rod and Custom Show is coming up. It's going to be February 16th, 18th at the SageNet Center at Expo Square, as it always is. 60 years, this thing. 60 years. Largest car show in the country. Over 1,000 exotic customs and hot rods, live entertainment. They're going to have uh, the Demolition Derby. That's the thing right there. Full size and compacts. We have a pair of tickets to give away right now. Just be the first caller. That's simple. 918-879-1170. 918-879-1170. We're going to have a nice weekend weather-wise. You're going to be able to get outside. It's not frozen. You want to go do something fun, 918-879-1170. We'll give you a pair of tickets to the Daryl Starbird National Rod and Custom Car Show coming this February 16th and 18th to SageNet Center at Expo Square. So that's that's really cool. All right, a couple of notes I wanted to get to before we got out of here. We've had some really cool stuff already today. Um, where was it? There it is. Big 12 Conference, current ratings when it comes to college basketball. Big 12 Conference still killing everybody. Eight Big 12 teams ranked. Eight. You know who number two is? The SEC with four. Then the Big East and the Big 10 with three. Get this. The ACC, two. Same as the Mountain West. Holy cow. Same as the Mountain West. Duke and Carolina are ranked. Duke winning last night by 10. Carolina, of course, is higher ranked. In the Mountain West, it's Utah State and New Mexico. But the Big 12 is doubling everyone else when it comes to teams in the top 25 in college basketball. So when you hear coaches say, this this is a meat grinder, believe them. It is absolutely that. A big meat grinder. Now, as we go on toward the Super Bowl, more big. (laughs) Jeremy Poplin is showing me his underwear. No, you're done. You're good. Thank you. (laughs) Fortunately or unfortunately, we have glass in our door right there. (laughs) God, I love this job. All right. uh, Fact of the day when it comes to the Super Bowl. Now, I've seen Toby Rowland is almost every day sending out on Twitter what he calls the SEC fact of the day. You guys know Toby. He is the play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. And he's sending out an SEC fact of the day as the Sooners prepare to get closer to actually kicking off in the SEC. SEC players on active rosters of the two Super Bowl teams. Chiefs 49ers. Georgia has five. Florida has four. Arkansas two. LSU two. Uh, Mississippi State has two. Mizzou has two. South Carolina has two. Tennessee has two. Kentucky has one. Vandy has one. However, Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, A&M, zero. Get that again. Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, and A&M have no players on the Super Bowl rosters. None. Is that stunning? Wow. (laughs) That is. Oklahoma has six. Mm. Texas, one. So, you know, I know, I know we're not talking about college football today. Yeah. But that's a cool stat. That's a really cool stat. So congratulations to, well, we knew that. Uh, You know, as I said, I'm not going to get into all of it, but if you're interested, there's a ton right now of Taylor Swift on the the, uh, stadium floor after the game on the field. Yeah. She's talking to Tony Romo, talking about, hey, you do a really good job. And he says, you do a really good job, too. And you can hear her say, different skill sets, though, right? So she's talking to Romo. She's also down there talking to Mama Kelsey. You hear 
you hear Travis Kelsey grab her and say, man, I love you so, so much. It's not even funny. And then she says, I've never been so proud of somebody and all this kind of stuff. People are, you know, crushing on that one a little bit. Adorable. Yeah, it is. It's, it is kind of that way. I mean, as much as some people want to hate it, look, right. we just found two people who happen to like each other. And now there's this big, you know what? You can bet on whether or not he asks her to marry him after the mm. game. Oh, man. If the 49ers win, or pardon me, if the Chiefs win, there is, and I think either way, but if the Chiefs win specifically, there's a bet going around that he would be there on the podium and right there drop to a knee and ask her to marry him on the field. That's thing. I wonder what the betting line is on that, right? Well, I, I, you know, we can find it. We'll have to go find it, and we will do that because there's actually a betting line about that. Uh, believe it or not, it's actually happening. I've just said there is one, so. Yeah, oh yeah, I, 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 I'm not kidding. I was, I was telling you the truth. There is one. We just have to find what. I don't know. How, how do you set that line? Yeah, I'm I, not sure. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm getting Taylor in four. How about you? That, that, that sounds about right. That mic's work. All right. So uh, stay tuned because we have Dan Patrick next, then Rich Eisen. Coming up after that, the show with Pop and Colby from 3 to 6, followed by Oklahoma State basketball, 6 o'clock pre, 7 o'clock tip-off against Kansas. We'll see you back here tomorrow, including talking to Arkansas Athletics with our Arkansas Insider here on The Blitz.